Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back to Gabby with Gib. I'm your host, Gibson Johns, and today, once again, it is all about the traders because really, there's not much else I think about every single day other than this absolute gift of a reality show. We're getting down to the wire on the second season of this Peacock show, and, and the reunion is allegedly filming at the end of the week. So we still have a lot to look forward to here. But while we wait to see if MJ voted for Peter or Phaedra or Is it possible she voted for somebody else? I don't know. I have a double whammy of a gift for you in the form of two exit interviews today. My first two interviews of the season of The Traders. Karsten Berge Bergerson and Parvati Shallow, both of whom were eliminated from the game the episode before last in very different ways after having very different experiences on the show. One is a one-season Love Island USA contestant who was the epitome of a faithful and who was murdered by the traders in the middle of the night after being part of Peter's Pals, the group of five faithfuls who were almost too good at the game. The other is a legend of Survivor who played the game four times, won once, was runner-up another time, and helped orchestrate one of the most legendary blindsides in the show's 40-plus year history. So yeah, they're pretty different. But I loved getting to pick both of their brains about this season, their experiences, and my unanswered questions from watching it at home. Like, for example, does Bergie think that being part of that clique ultimately ruined his game? Does Parvati think she ever even had a chance of winning because of her reputation as such a skilled survivor player? Would Bergie have taken up the trader's recruitment offer had that Peter turned down? Does Parvati regret not trying to work more closely with Phaedra? I asked all of these questions and many more in two 20-minute interviews with Bergie and Parvati. Thank you so much for listening to Gabbing with Gib. And before we get to those interviews, please take a moment to make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to this right now. Take five seconds to give us a five-star rating or be even more generous by writing us a positive review. I love making the show for you all and have been getting such great feedback, so I would love to hear from more of you. Thanks again and enjoy my interviews with Bergie and Parvati from Season 2 of The Traders. New episodes of which hit Peacock on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. I want to gab. All right, so today we're gabbing with Carson Bergerson, a.k.a. Bergie, a.k.a. Bergalicious, from the second season of The Traders. 
Bergie made quite the impact as a faithful during this season, but ultimately the traders got him. Bergie, I'm excited to chat with you about this season. How's it going? Let's go. I'm excited to be here. I'm just excited to keep going with this whole reality TV gig as long as I can. Yeah. I mean, I was I was just listening to an interview that you did. It must have been a couple of days ago. It was, it was an exit interview that you did. And you kind of talked about how you, you know, you got this call before you'd even left Fiji after filming Love Island. And you'd been a big fan of Big Brother and some of these shows. And I guess your show had just aired. But like, did you feel almost like a fan amongst a lot of like kind of reality TV titans in some ways? Oh my gosh. So I stepped out of the van or like we just arrived at the castle. I just remember seeing like Peter from The Bachelor and I had like, oh my gosh, I've seen you on TV before. And then it was like, there's Deontay Wilder. There's Dan Giesling, Janelle. It was just uh, Sandra and Parvati. I was just like, oh my gosh, I am in over my head right now. Do you think that that gave you an advantage in some way? Do you think people underestimated you or do you, how do you think that positioned you sort of within the cast? I think that gave me a great advantage for being a faithful yeah. right after get or a traitor. I could have made like the best traitor ever because nobody would ever expect it there. Everybody's like, gotta be a survivor player. It's gotta be a big brother player making all these big moves. I think right from the get go, I was like completely underestimated under the radar. I felt like everyone thought they could easily like get me to switch. I could be a swing vote for them. Right. Like, they could convince me to do anything they wanted in that game. And is there something, I mean, it's been so fun watching the season just in general I and mean, with the social media aspect of it all. For you, is there anything that you have learned about for the first time while watching? Like, was there a conversation that you weren't privy to? Or is there a scene that stick, sticks out to you that you were like, oh, I didn't realize that these two people had that moment or something like that? Well, definitely all the trader turrets and like yeah. any interaction with the traders is just like, whoa, like the whole poison scene with Parvati, like walking around with the chalice. I was like, how did I miss this? It was right in front of me. And that was well edited. That that was well edited TV too. Yeah. But it was so much fun to see that because I was like, the whole time, like, I never knew about the poison was like right in front of people's faces. Like, I was still thinking they went to the turret that night and like wrote on a letter who they wanted to poison for the Got day. It. So I didn't think they actually like literally poisoned someone. So I was like, I'm like, did they actually? So like watching episode three for the first time, like, oh my gosh, it was an actual object. So that was probably the coolest thing I got to see from a viewer standpoint. And then trying to think of a conversation. Like, what did you make of Peter and Parvati's conversation in this past episode? Well, see, and like, Jershel was planning that already. Like, if you remember episode yeah. six, we talked about potentially doing that. So I wasn't completely shocked when I okay. saw it because I was like, we were still debating which plan should we go with. Should we go with Peter's plan? And part of Peter's plan was to vote out Parvati then Kevin and I go to Phaedra and say, Peter's acting weird. We think he got recruited. That way, Phaedra wouldn't murder, murder us that night because then she would think we would vote with her to vote out Peter. Got so it. that was plan A. Plan B was to use Trishel's plan, use Parvati to vote out Phaedra. So like they lost the vote when I got eliminated. So I think it made perfect sense when they went to Trishel's plan. Totally, totally. And to me, for Bergie, you were kind of like the quintessential faithful, you know, and like you just play, you play as a faithful so well. Did anybody ever accuse you of being a traitor? I feel like we haven't seen that. Yeah, Max did and Sandra. So when, when, like kind of like midway through or? So Max at the round table, he, before he got eliminated as like people were voting for him. And I, then I said, I'm going to join Sandra's opinion because I value her opinion from Survivor. And then on his way out, he stood up and pointed at me and he went, this kid would make the perfect traitor. He looks so innocent. 
was just like, oh my gosh. Wow. So he, you, you really had a moment that you were put on the spot. Yeah. Well, I'm saying with the Akinsu thing in the first episode, if you remember, like, yeah. she just starts grilling me. It's like when you go through customs and you, I, like <laughs> you don't have anything, like you, you don't have drugs on you, but it's like they're questioning you about drugs. And then you're like, I don't, I, I swear I don't, <laughs> but you're like just all nervous about it. And then when Sandra accused me, it was when I walked in with the shield, I go, I have the shield. She stood up and goes, Bergie's the traitor. He murdered himself. So nobody would ever think oh he was God. the traitor. So like she, she that was that's one of funny. her theories, but that's funny. Yeah. And then I think MJ called me a traitor when she, the funeral episode or something like that, just as like Bergie can make a perfect traitor. I think she was just referring back to Max because he got banished the night. Before. Right. Right. Yeah. And then I, I watched the postmortem that they, they that they put on Peacock and Phaedra said mm -hmm. basically that like she loved you and she adored you, but Parvati really wanted to murder you, murder you that night. And the only reason why she didn't protest that was because you were part of this clique and she doesn't like cliques. Do you feel mm -hmm. like being part of this faithful five or, or Peter's pals, whatever you want to call it? Do you think that that kind of bit you in the end and kind of was your was your death knell? Uh, see, but at the same time, our clique knew we were going to get murdered like every single night because we knew we were on to the traitors. So it was like one of us is hopefully going to make it to the end, but we are going to have a fire under our ass. We're not all going to make it. So like that was part of our point, like strategizing too. We're like, we're guys, we're not all going to make it like, right. We just kind of just knew it. We're like, we're not all going to make it, but we're and you were okay with that. We, I was okay with it. There's two ways you can play the game. There's like Sandra strategies, stay under the radar as long as possible. And then just hope to God you don't get murdered. But my thing was, I, I wanted to prove that like I could play this game was kind of my thing. And that that's what bit me in the end. Cause like I could have easily just, you know, not clicked with anybody, stayed under the radar. Right. But it would have destroyed me if I just got murdered randomly, like Tamara did, for example. Sure. Like yeah. if I died this next episode and I didn't haven't accomplished anything, I would have been more hurt that I didn't actually try to play the game instead of stay under yeah, the radar. No, I, I totally get that. But I, I guess, I guess one kind of follow-up question to that would be like, I felt a shift as a viewer after you guys had gotten Dan out, you had successfully gotten a banished traitor. And I felt like that in this, that next episode, there was sort of like an, um, like a confidence or a cockiness that was coming from, I think Peter more, but like just from the group in general, cause you guys had gotten a traitor. And I think that anybody would have felt that way. Did you consider like, distancing yourself at all at any point just to kind of like differentiate yourself from that group at all yeah so like immediately after that too i went to mj and sandra to have like a one-on-one -on -one conversation to try to alleviate any pain that just happened with them you know i was trying to keep good solid grounds with everybody but you know it's tough when you're in that click because it's like you don't want any information getting leaked because then people know your strategy because if mj did hear uh we were considering phaedra a traitor i'm guaranteeing you she's gonna go tell phaedra immediately what the strategy oh, is next question like the, yeah and then we we had to kick phaedra out because we were suspecting her of being a traitor it's like you can't tell the traitor your strategy of like hey we're gonna try to put you out tonight totally like, was was dan and when he sort of called out phaedra right before he got banished was that when phaedra really became on your radar or was she on your radar before that moment she was in my top seven or six before Dan called her out. So like okay. that's really low. And um, it was because if you remember, everybody was attacking Larsa because they thought it had to be a housewife. And then mysteriously that night, another housewife died. It was like, did a housewife just kill another housewife to get like us off the scent? 
Yeah. That wasn't my idea. That was John and Peter's. So John and Peter came up with that theory. So I was like, I got to keep one on my like very low radar. So I think it was like seven was Phaedra. Eight was Sheree for like list of suspects. And then after Dan had called her out, did you agree with Tr- Trishelle that like kind of he had to have named a traitor before he was leaving? Yeah, I, you know, I almost actually voted for Phaedra just the. Ah. But then I was like, this is a, that's a bad game. I'm going to get murdered again, like immediately tonight if I do that. So I was like, don't do that. And the other thing was, I thought Phaedra could be my traitor angel. So I didn't want to vote out Phaedra, if that makes sense. I'm like, yeah. if I can get to the end with Phaedra and she just protects me from murder, I, I want her in this game. Because because you were her burgalicious. You were, I was you her had that in with her. Yeah. And I was like, even if she is a traitor, I don't want to vote her out. So that was my thing. I don't know if I would have voted her out this past episode. I keep going back and forth. I'm like, I, I do I go with my group or do I, would I just go with poverty? Cause I know she's a traitor. Like that would yeah. have been a conflicting episode. I think it'd have been awesome to see me like having that whole confliction. Like I, I join Peter. Yeah. yeah. That, been, that was a whole confliction. And I think some of that with the sacrifice ceremony kind of screwed me over. Cause if we were to banish poverty, then I would have been completely safe from murder that night. Do you view that fire ceremony, that's kind of safety ceremony that kind of came out of nowhere? Did that also sort of bite you in terms of like, because the, the heat was on Peter and it, I kind of shifted everything with that ceremony. How do you think about that now in hindsight? Yeah. See, and that, like, if you remember watching it too, I never like tried to defend myself. It was because the people that had the torch in that moment, and I, I did want Peter to be safe. He was kind of right. leading the group. Um, you know, so it started with Sandra and Kevin. They picked Sheree right off the bat. And I was like, there's no way Sandra's going to let Kevin even try to like fight over. So I was just like, sure. so they picked Sheree. And then I'm like, Sheree's probably going to pick Phaedra because, you know, and she did, which is awesome. Fine. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, there's the chance it's Phaedra. She picked CT. I was like, okay, CT's probably going to pick Trichelle. And then maybe I'll say something, but then there's only one vote left. And then CT ended up picking John. So it was just like, Say Peter, you, you never, point. you never really had a chance in that, in that ceremony. Right. Yeah. Just, just the way it went. Cause yeah, I think if like, let's say Sandra and Kevin got to pick five people, I would be upset if they didn't pick me in those right. top five. But if since it, just the way it went, you know, like yeah. everyone had their number one and I was probably on their top three or four to save, but it's just, it's the way it went. Everybody had a different number one. Yeah, totally. Circling back to you and Phaedra, I feel like, again, she, she had this like admiration for you, but I feel like we haven't, we didn't, we never really saw that many moments between you two of like being close. Were you guys close and we just didn't see it? Cause I, I saw in an interview, you said that you actually sat next to her on the plane over and that's yeah. how she started calling you Burgalicious. Can you like explain that? Yeah. So it was funny. So I landed in Amsterdam. I went to my next flight to get to Scotland and I ended up sitting next to Phaedra and I, I helped her put her suitcase up and she's like, where are you going, honey? And, you know, you sign all these NDAs. You're not supposed to talk about where you're going. I'm like, I'm just going to Scotland, taking a nice vacation. And she goes, are you going to a castle? I was like, yeah, I'm going to a castle. I love so, it. Right. Then she starts questioning me, like where I'm from, what what I'm doing. And I'm just like, and then she shares what she she's from. She's like housewives of Atlanta, married to medicine, shows me her kids. So we're talking. I'm like, I'm Burgalicious or Burgalicious from my Instagram. So then I get the nickname Burgalicious. But there was a lot of times where we were just having conversations and uh, yeah. in the castle that, you know, obviously you can't show, it's not part of the storyline. It's not relevant to the traders. It's like just us talking about family, how we live, you know, even car rides to the mission back breakfast. 
And then someone would come in and go like, maybe Bergie's a traitor. And then she was going, no, not Bergie. <laughs> so she, she was your she traitor angel. Dad. Yeah, she was yeah, your traitor she, angel. Traitor, traitor angel and faithful angel, like both ways. She wouldn't banish me and I don't think she wanted to murder me. I love that. What was it like watching her? I mean, the, one of the moments that has gone viral is when she just sort of read Dan for filth at that at that round table. What was it like sitting there for that with the front row seat? Uh, it was spectacular. It was like, oh my gosh. It was just, <laughs> he was getting ripped. And then Kate with the, not my Burgalicious was problematic for you. I was just like, oh my gosh. I'm I think you should make merch about, I think you should make merch with that line on it. Yeah. I think that people would <laughs> not buy Not my Burgalicious. Yes. Absolutely. Not my burglar was problematic for you. Done. Selling yeah. out that t-shirt. I love I'm that. I'm thinking about starting a YouTube channel. I was like, what should I call it? I'm thinking like burglar updates. Like we hundred percent. No, it's, it, yeah. it, it's sticking. It's sticking. Absolutely. It's, yeah. <laughs> I also saw in an interview, Bergie, that you, you said that you, uh, sort of started to be onto poverty a little bit after the funeral moment. And you were like, one mm-hmm. of these people has to be a trader because you were thinking more like a producer. And that, mm-hmm. that's been sort of one of my biggest questions about watching this show is like, and it's probably like a fourth wall thing, but you know, why aren't more we seeing more people think like producers? Because in my mind, it's like, you know, obviously Parvati or Sandra would have been a trader or obviously Janelle or Dan would have been a trader. And obviously a mm-hmm. housewife is probably a trader just because it's, that's the kind of TV that that the, the traders gives us. Were we just not seeing that? And you are just because, again, it's the sort of fourth wall thing. Yeah, it's the fourth wall thing. Because immediately, like, Janelle was giving me tips. So, so this is how I kind of assumed Janelle was a faithful too, because she was giving me all these tips. She's like, you need to be looking where the cameras are pointing. If they're pointing at someone, they have to be filming a trader just in case they slip up. So it's like, you go into a room, and you're like, where is this camera angled at? Like, wow, that's doing- great. I didn't think about that. Well, yeah. Cause like, if you slip up and like, then you mention at the round table, everybody's like, where did you get this information? You know? But like, I never really could pick up on camera angles. Cause there were so many cameras in every room. So that one didn't really help me at all. But Harvey stepping into the coffin. I was like, I was thinking of the, I'm a reality TV fan too. So I'm just thinking like, if I was watching at home right now, I know there's a trader in there trying to put on their best performance that they're not a trader right now. Yeah. And I was totally. like, it's gotta be a survivor person. And it just, it's probably poverty. poverty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I honestly thought, so then I, you know, I'm going back and like Larsa said, she heard the sleeve. I'm like, oh my gosh, she was like one of the first selected, even though I was incorrect about that. But that's <laughs> but, one of the know. reasons she got recruited. So yeah. I was just like, it all made sense from that angle. Absolutely. And then I don't know if you saw this, but Sandra posted this long paragraph about her pool, mo- her pool table moment where she used the pool balls as sort of a strategy session with a bunch of the Bravo people. And in that paragraph, she said like, you know, it was just as important to get out some faithfuls as it was to get out traders. How would you interpret her saying that? Like, because it doesn't seem like you were ever thinking in that way, maybe, or at least that we saw, because you guys were so focused on traders. Yeah. So I, um, another funny thing too. So like we get done with our strategy and then I walked into that and they kicked me out. <laughs> they didn't show that either though. I walked <laughs> in on that. They're like, no, 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 you kick us out. You get to be kicked out. So I, I got the same treatment after, there we go. you know, <laughs> so they didn't show that, but that I thought that would have been funny too. But um, yeah, so I was thinking more of a game aspect and I never thought, you know, of a show, like every show has like a final four, you know, I was thinking like, oh, we can get all these traders out in the next like two or three days or four days, you know? And I wasn't thinking like of recruitments. I was right. Cause I only saw trader season one. I didn't watch um, the international versions. 
Like I, I thought the recruitment was a twist, not because they lost the trader. I thought it was just a cool little t- twist they did last year. So I wasn't thinking like that into the show that much. I was thinking yeah. more from a game aspect because the show is going to make sure it lasts. <laughs> totally. And that's probably one of the biggest challenges of being on this show is like, is it a show or is it a game or is it a game? And then a show it's sort of, that's probably kind of a, a mind fuck, you know? Yeah. It, it, and I think that was part of my downfall because, you know, we were working so hard to get the traders out and then we had the sacrifice ceremony because we're, I think we were doing a little too good. They're too like, well. we got to make sure we stretch this out. So Absolutely. that's my assumption. I don't know what they, maybe that was planned, but I, you know, that's how you interpret it. Right. Yeah. You, you said in your postmortem that you, that your strategy was to make everybody feel like you trusted them, but you actually, by the end, only really trusted three people. Who are those three people and why did you really trust them wholeheartedly? Shershell, Peter, and John. I yeah. just, right from the get-go, like Shershell, I always say like, for the same reasons you figure out someone's a traitor, you can do the same things to figure out someone's a faithful. And I, I made the argument before, like if you're going to call someone out really early on in the game, it kind of proves you're a faithful because now everybody's drawn to you all of a sudden. Like Shershell calling out Peppermint is a very dangerous move because you watch Trader Season 1 of the U.S., if you called someone out and then were incorrect, everybody was like voting that person out the next day. It's like, oh, since you were so adamant, then you must be the traitor, even though that's very incorrectly thinking, right? Right. So, and Trishel was so adamant. It's like, she's crying when Peppermint got banished. You know, like, I was like, either she's a fantastic traitor or she's just a really empathetic person. Right. She yeah, yeah, up yeah. And she's mad about it and upset about it. So I was like, I took it as she's upset about that she screwed up. And then, John, they never showed this, but he gave a speech uh, of like on my wife and kids. And he did a toast that he's a faithful and he's like crying during the speech. He's like, I came here as a politician, like as my past as a politician, politicians do 30 things. And I just want to prove in this game that I'm like a faithful and I can be a good person. And I was like, so sweet. Faithful. Yeah, Yeah, that's so sweet. Just crying. And then there's other people in the room and they, then they toast to like also being a faithful. I'm like, okay, that screwed everything up there. But like, John, I think you're faithful still. Right. And then Peter, him and I were just strategizing from day one. And like, we both worked getting Dan and Parvati were like our top two suspects. And I'm like, if we're both, if you're a trader right now, you're not going to throw two traders underneath the bus right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that whole ploy with the shield thing that, that that was sort of the turning point, I feel like for both of them to be found out. Right. So like, because that worked, it's like, all right, we did it kind of thing. We did it. Yeah. Even if it didn't work, Parvati and Dan were still going to be my top two, you know, in terms of picks for being traders for picks for being traders, even if it didn't work out, they were still like Parvati in the coffin, you know, that still wasn't going to go anywhere. Right. Do you, if you were Peter, would you have accepted the invitation to be a trader? That's tough because so I would have I would have sat there for a while. And yeah. I think if the sacrifice ceremony happened before, so if it happened the same time Peter ha- got it, I don't think so. Cause I was like, oh, we're so far in this game. And like I think we got the traders pretty lined up right now. And we have a pretty solid group to get them out. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I like almost have a better chance as winning as a faithful at that point. But if I got it after the sacrifice ceremony, like during this uh, ultimatum with Kate, like I would definitely be taking it. Got it. Yeah. So it was a timing thing. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, there've been a lot of conversation, I feel like just about like, you know, how fair it is for the faithfuls versus how fair it is for the trader. It's just sort of in the setup of, of this game and the show. 
if you were to make one change to the show to either make it more even or just to, I don't know, heighten the stakes a little bit, what would you change about the traders? The one thing I would change, keep the shields in, keep keep all that stuff in. Because like the shields aren't that much of an advantage, only when the traders don't know who has it. And you know, then it just deflects a murder on someone else. The thing I would change more traders in the beginning, no recruitment. So maybe five to six traders right in the beginning. Some of them are going to be found out pretty early on because there's, there's so a lot of them now. There, there's a lot of them now, but like no more recruitments. And that way, and also if the season ends early, it ends a little early. If it ends an episode early or an episode early, I feel like that's a better balance than then as a faithful, you're just getting punished every time you get a trader out. It's like, there's no point in getting traders out. Right. And, and, and in your, in your scenario, do the faithfuls know how many traders there are? No, we, okay. Honestly. So we banished one, right? So, okay. So they, we were told they got to recruit first night and I thought they selected three, they recruited one. So there was four. We banished Dan. There was three and then they tried to recruit Peter and they failed. So there's still three. So you guys were doing you guys were doing better than you even realized basically the whole time. Yeah, we were doing way better. But we were trying to figure out okay, so it's like we all had arguments on top two, Dan Parvati, and then the next two were always like crazy. It was just right. Nobody Anybody. knew. Nobody knew. Yeah. Everybody had right. a different answer for their next two. Yeah. But like Bajer was in everybody's like top five, top seven, top eight. And then once Dan called her out, she was in the top four for everybody. So it's like, yeah. okay, she's Makes the next sense. target. And then, you know, who's after that? Who knows? Yeah. Well, you guys have a reunion coming up. And so this, this is the last question I'm going to ask. Is there anything that you want to address at the reunion taping? Is there something that's top of mind for you that you want answered, even if it doesn't pertain to you? I'm interested to see the Phaedra and Dan dynamic for sure. From Dirty Dan. Yep. Dirty Dan <laughs> throwing her under the bus. Yeah, he, he didn't throw Parvati's... I won't say he threw Parvati's game under the bus. I don't think he did. Like, Parvati also still let him murder me. Like, she should have been fighting way harder if you if you really mm-hmm. didn't want him to do that. Uh, but the other thing, too, I just, like, asked to be on another show. <laughs> yeah, that won't be I mean, addressed to the cast, you. but I'll just be like, hey, producer, is anybody yeah. want... Yeah, no, but. I mean, Bergie, I feel like you you were introduced to so many people via this second season of The Traders, and so many people fell in love with you. So I think a lot of people would love to see more of you on reality TV. There are so many mashup shows, so I'm sure I'm sure it will happen. Well, Bergie, this is all the time we have, but uh, thanks for taking the time. I I love picking your brain about this show. Amazing season to be a part of. And congrats. It's It's been fun to watch. Yes. Thank you so much. I, I'm enjoying everything, like the interviews and whatever else Good. I got to do today. That makes me happy. All right. Thanks, Bergie. Yeah. Have a great day. Gab. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, 
and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. Okay, so today we're gabbing with reality TV legend Parvati Shallow, who has already proven herself to be one of the best people to play Survivor. A competition to play four times, won once, runner-up one time before she appeared on the second season of The Traders, which is one of the better reality TV seasons I've seen in a very long time. And you know, Parvati doubled down on her reality TV prowess, and she did successfully get very far, but ultimately, the faithfuls got her. Parvati, it's an honor to have you. I've watched Survivor since season one. Thanks for being here. How are you? Cool. Thanks for that intro. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. How I mean, so last week's episode of when your time on the traders came to an end, what's it been like sort of parsing through the reaction to everything? So I think part of the fun of this season has been the conversation online as well. Oh, the memes are wild. They're coming fast and furious. The headband memes, the squinting and pouting faces that I've been making. Iconic. <laughs> yeah, it, that's been really fun for me to engage with the fans and repost the stories that they're tagging me in. Yeah, I've been having a lot of fun. I think people should know. I think I read somewhere that you were directly inspired by Blair Waldorf to do the headband thing. So people need to know that. I want to make sure people are aware that that was the inspiration. Absolutely. I was like, who is like, which kind of role can I step into to play this game to the fullest, to give myself permission to go outside of my own self and my normal day-to-day life? And costumes help us do that. Totally. And I loved Blair Waldorf and Gossip Girl. She was my favorite because she's a complex character. She's like kind of bitchy. She's kind of elitist and snobby. But she's also very likable and has a vulnerability and a tenderness and kind of a soft heart in moments. Yes. No, totally. She she still she manages to be likable despite all of the things kind of. Yeah. That yeah. people might dislike her for. So I totally agree with that. That's great inspiration. So obviously I alluded to in my intro, like you're just your reputation as an incredible survivor player. What made you decide to do the traders kind of as your first non-survivor show? I think it's a holds itself to a really high standard. Alan Cumming is the host and he is extraordinary. The aesthetic of the show is so fun and campy and beautiful. I wanted to be a part of something that uh, felt like not a step down from Survivor because Survivor is uh, an extraordinary reality show that requires uh, a very high level of gameplay skill and endurance to make it through that. So I was like, okay, what can I do that would be something that that allows me to grow Mm. and show up differently and really show up as my new version of myself, although I did end up, you know, using some of my previous skill sets as the Black Widow, et cetera. But I really am playing this game as sort of like a a reinventing myself, coming out in a new way, wearing clothes and makeup on TV for the first time, you know? Love, love. What a a change that is. Yeah. And I wanted to, this is kind of a long question, but I wanted to ask you about, because it kind of gets into this decision to do the show. Janelle posted a tweet at the end of last week after Dr. Will from Big Brother made his kind of like guest appearance on the show. And he it was an interview that he had done where he said that, I think some Big Brother players went on the traders to show that they still got it only to realize they never had it. And then she responded basically by being like, 
you know, we all decide to do these shows to kind of like service the fans and give them more of us and still kind of regardless of whether we do well or not on these shows. And I'm curious if that went through your mind at all as well in terms of like, am I risking my reputation if I don't do well on the traders because I'm considered such a good game player and survivor? You know what I mean? Like, did, did any of that go through your mind at all? My sur- I, I have a sense that my survivor legacy is established. I agree. Like, I agree. I don't need to prove that I still got it. And that was not part of my factor into my decision making going back out there. I had a lot of conversations with the production team, though, from traders to like really hear out what their plan was for me, why they wanted me, because I do have quite a bit going on in my life. And my daughter had just started kindergarten and it's it was kind of a tricky time to leave my home yeah, and leave my kid for that amount of time without any contact with all these transitions occurring in my personal life. So I needed to be convinced and um, and they really got me there. And I, I really heard them out about like this being something that they were putting a lot of care into the casting of it and considering the different personalities and considering what they wanted from the show. And they really wanted it to up level reality television competition. And I said, I would love to be a part of that, especially because they were pulling greats from different arenas and putting us all together. That I thought was really cool. And the fans have had a different reaction to me in this stage of my life and in this stage of society. Like culture is very different than it was in the early 2000s when I played Survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I received quite a bit of backlash from how I played then. Mm. Uh, for being a strong woman who was right. using my sexuality and flirting and yeah, and, and achieving in that way. Now that's celebrated. And there's been such a change in the way that people are perceiving and reacting to me that I felt safe enough and comfortable in going back and being able to be myself as who I am now without having to like flirt or put it on. But like also showing up and being like, I'm going to be a confident, powerful woman and assert myself and I'm going to trust that that's okay. That's really nice to hear that you felt that sort of that safety to still to to be who you are regard like and what sort of that come before the traders like when survivors sort of had this like pandemic moment where a lot of people were kind of rewatched a lot of the old seasons. Is that when you felt that sort of change in perception of how you played that game? Yeah, that sh- that was it. Like. I'm sure maybe the winds of change had shifted before that, but the right. it wasn't loud enough to reach my ears at the time. Not until I did Winners at War and then yeah. kind of opened up that channel again to receive the totally. Uh, information. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you feel that. That's really nice, honestly. And then the feud between me and Sandra. That was oh. crazy. <laughs> well, <laughs> I the actually, fans were going nuts making right. all these videos. <laughs> I actually wanted to ask you about that, which was like, I think you said in an interview that it was Peppermint who sort of, Peppermint had that moment where she sort of brought you guys together really early on the traders. And do you feel like that sort of curtailed any feud that would have blossomed between you and Sandra within this second season of the traders? Oh, I was so grateful for Peppermint. That moment could have gone, it just could have gone so badly. Yeah. And Peppermint is just this angel from heaven who brought Sandra and I together and just squashed it immediately. Mm. And to Sandra's credit, she was open to it. I was open to it. So we were both willing to immediately kind of bury the hatchet and move forward. And thank God (laughs) 
Because that could that could have been one of the first things to happen. It could have been like Parvati versus Sandra Showdown. Who's going to get the other one out first? Do you that, that could have been oh, the narrative. That seems so petty. I agree. I agree. I'm just saying, and it's kind of fun that you kind of flipped it on its head and went the other direction with it. So I think that's that's kind of nice. When you signed up to go on this show, did you want to be a faithful or a trader? And then follow up to that would be once you became a trader, how did like your plan to play the game? differ from how you ended up having to play the game? Uh, it was such a tricky thing, just even deciding what I wanted yeah. to be. And it's not that we get to actually choose. We just get to say, oh, I'd mm. rather be this or that. And then whoever, Alan chooses and then we're, and then we are what we are. I said I wanted to be a faithful and then be recruited as a trader later on because I saw that as a clear path to the end game. Mm -hmm. If I could play as a faithful for a period of time, then I could really um, mesh with a group, really learn how a faithful behaves, and then show up with that behavior, and then be recruited as a trader. I I would have already had enough practice being a faithful. Totally. I didn't get the opportunity to play as a faithful long enough to practice. So once I was recruited as, but it, you know, it kind of all like went crazy once Larsa like called me out at the table from day one right exactly from day one so i was like well i have to be a trader now because then that's the only way i can really have any power yeah in the game to like get people that i need to get out you know you said i think in the post-mortem that like to you phaedra was this question mark for a while until you kind of saw that she reacted so strongly to you kind of putting the housewives in the spotlight and dan sort of trying to throw her under the bus before he got banished and that to you was like, oh, no, she actually really wants to stay, you know, trader loyal. Do you wish that you had kind of answered that question earlier with Phaedra to be able to like work more closely as a duo? Like, do you feel because I feel like you and Dan were sort of a duo a little bit or you tried to work together. Do you wish that you had done the other thing in terms of working with Phaedra instead? Phaedra was hard to work with strategy wise. Got it. She wasn't strategizing. She <laughs> yeah. was playing the role perfectly. And that's all she needed to do. She really didn't need to strategize right. with me necessarily. I think it would have benefited her to strategize with Dan a bit more. Because ah. <laughs> he got yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but um I don't think there's much more that I could have done with mm -hmm. Phaedra because she wasn't really interested in being seen with me in the castle. She wasn't interested in having any kind of conversations beyond playing that she was a face she wanted to be in the bravo group that's what, how she wanted to be perceived basically yeah and yeah. she was brilliant at it and it really worked for her mm -hmm. you talk about her performing i think you're right but it kind of gets into this kind of balance of like a game or a show or you know like which comes first and sort of which i think you kind of naturally kind of uh you know want to play it as and i feel like you're obviously a classic game player and you're from survivor whereas like housewives is a bit more about the show and the performance of it all was that a difficult thing for you to like you know wrap your mind around the show aspect of it in terms of the performance of it or is that not i'm, I'm just curious what your mentality was around that that was a learning curve for me i did show up thinking okay this is a game i'm here to play this game right and then i think on day one day two it became very clear to me this is a show yeah this is a show first. This is a game second. But it is it is both. It's absolutely both. But if you're not playing it as a show, then you're really missing an opportunity. Because it is 
so campy and so oh, yeah. and such drama. And that's the fun of that's part of the fun of it. So if you think about like the kind of games this is based on, it's like murder mystery dinner parties. You want to dress up as a character. You want yeah. to show up as larger than life and kind of flamboyant and over the top. And then underneath that, there's the level of strategy and gameplay. That's why I think Phaedra did a really brilliant job. If she'd been just a touch more strategic. Right. And then and if she would have really let Dan know, like, hey, I'm not, I'm loyal to the faithful or to the traitors to the end, like I'll never turn on you. If she was set would have said those kind of things to Dan. It was too late. Yeah. It was too late. But yeah, it's it's the <laughs> show first. The yeah. Show. Okay. So then let me ask you, what was it like? being sort of read by Phaedra in the turret that one time after you had thrown the housewives out there at the round table, she was not happy with you. What was it? What was that like being on the receiving end of Phaedra Parks Esquire? I mean, I was like, is this for real? I was confused. <laughs> because as you know, I'm, I am playing this as a game. Like on Survivor, we do this kind of stuff all the time to each other. It's sort of like bait to see, are you on my side? Right. Are, you, are you like, can you see this as a strategic opportunity? Yeah. Like, because the way I was doing it, it was like, no one will ever know that we are traders working together if I'm sort of calling out your group. And she was not having it. So for me, that was a big surprise. And then I was like, okay, okay. It was just like, I just received it as information. <laughs> Especially because she's so funny when she's like, I, w- I was like, you're an actor. Like, I didn't know if you were acting. She's like, I am not an actor, honey. I'm like, you are an actor, but I'm not going to say that. But of course you are. And you're, made, you're a great one. That is but so yeah, funny. I just had to like diffuse that, squash it, move forward, and then retain the information from her, which was, you know, she wants to play this loyal to the traitor. She doesn't want people coming after her and she won't come after me if. I don't, if I like, don't call her out. Mm -hmm. So towards the end of your run, we see you and Peter try to make something work. There was sort of this like loaded conversation that you two had in that sort of dining area, which was really interesting. What exactly was going on there? And was that just sort of like your last kind of big attempt to save yourself? Well, I was throwing every trick I had at the wall and trying to stick around for one more day i was like okay if i can stay for one more day then maybe something can happen and move the target off of me maybe people will start to think differently around the strategy of the game because i was thinking if i'm a faithful and i know like 99 percent sure someone's a traitor and that traitor is looking out for me and keeping me safe i would want to keep that traitor in the game oh yeah Right. Sure. And like, I yeah. want to banish a different trader. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's so like keeping your back of, pocket. Yeah, exactly. That is, that's where my mind was going. I was like, are they going to get this? Are they going to think this way? And they almost did. They almost did. But John didn't because he was like, I'm got to do the right thing. So it was him. And yeah. then he and Phaedra had this little like crush on each other. <laughs> and as you said there's they were sort of acting as the morality police a little bit you know what i mean yes they were yeah so it was kind of like they couldn't and your thing with john didn't work where you you try to get emotional with him so you know i i I appreciate everything you threw at the wall at at the end there like why not you know right i'm like if this is my last day 
I might as well pull out all the stops. I've never really shown vulnerability and emotion on any of these games that I play because I it doesn't feel safe for me to do that. To mm-hmm. like allow myself to be vulnerable and soft. The way I get through these games is you have to kind of cut. You have to be cutthroat. Yeah, you have to of be, course. Like, oh my God. People, like Ekin. I was like, oh God. Oh Lord, not Ekin Sue. <laughs> I like, so I was just like, all right, let me try something new because I felt stuck. Yeah. Around the um, sacrifice, I was like, I have no more moves to make. Mm-hmm. All I've got, I don't have an immunity idol. I don't have a shield. I don't have the ability to kill someone at a moment's notice with a chalice. All I have is myself, so let me try to be try to cry. Totally. Well, I think that you, well, I think that you extended your run on this. Like, cause again, like I, everyone said that you you were kind of a target from the minute that you walked into that castle, and you extended your run. I think incredibly impressively. And I guess one of my last two questions is, you know, we talked about your survivor reputation and just coming in as this known great game player who's won the show. Do you think that you had a chance to fully get to the end or do you think that your reputation as, again, a good game player was going to prevent that because you were such an early on target? You know, I think it's part that reputation that it just makes it harder work for me. Of course. But it's not impossible for me to to get to the end, even with people being freaked out about me. This game was very different for me because I had to hold the lie. And Mm -hmm. that was really, really hard for me to perform through over and over and over again with the um, intensity in the breakfast room and the pressure of people Mm -hmm. consistently accusing me and attacking me. And it's not easy for me to come up with um, a story on the spot of like, I don't know, a lie. It's just not easy for me to do that. Like, I have to think through, well, what am I going to say? Keep it really minimal. Do it very as very few times as I have to because anytime I lie I feel like a little like I'm a little kid like <laughs> right totally. about to, and, like, also, I, and also on the show we see like if you blink the wrong way if you raise your glass the wrong way yes you're targeted <laughs> that was so that was hard and I know I was acting weird because of that I I was I was like being such a weirdo and so if I if <laughs> <laughs> I think I could have shaken the target right. had I acted a little bit, bit more relaxed and been more open and able to kind of uh, just, just yeah. relate to the faithful Get over part. the lie part. Yeah. Tended harder. Yeah, yeah. That was was my... Yeah, I get that. That was the thing that made it like too insurmountable alongside the target. Got it. Got it. And then last question, Parvati. You know, this again, this is a big moment back in the spotlight for you on reality TV after your survivor career. There's, there are so many mashup reality shows out there now. Is this something that you like to dip your toe back into? Did you, do you want to do something, another game again? Like, cause I think it's been really heartening to see, I think as we alluded to at the beginning, people love having you on TV. They really do. And they love to watch you. And you just have this competitive spirit that I think is kind of irresistible. Is this something that you would do you know, another, another similar show or another kind of mashup moment? I think I'm really uh, picky uh-huh. when it comes to where I put That's my good. time and energy. So if traders called me again, I would do traders again, just because it's so great. But um, it would have to be something like dancing with the stars or okay. like drag race or something like, like totally Kate. different lane. Yeah. A different lane where it's less about, psychological and emotional manipulation 
yeah. and more about like a challenge that's really fun. It's so competitive, like, but not it's not lie based necessarily. Yes, yes. I'm in such okay. a different place in my life. I get that. Okay. Yeah, but but traders I, I would it. just because traders is now ob. It's kind of like Survivor, where if I go and do something and I and I, it's great and it gives me more benefits than withdrawals, then I feel kind of like yeah. I, I feel like I've extended my family in a way. You could be the Kate Chastain of season three, where you come in halfway through. I wouldn't want to do. I wouldn't want to be the only one coming in halfway through. Like. <laughs> So stressful. Kate right. did a really good job she integrating did. herself. I think because we were all just so divided by that point. Yeah. Oh my uh, god, but that's so stressful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, par- well, Parvati, that's all the time we have. But this has been so much fun chatting with you. And again, congrats on a great run on this season. It's been some incredible TV. And again, people are just happy to have you back on their screen. So thanks for doing this. Thank you, Gibson. Thank you for listening to the show. Subscribe to Gabbing with Gabe on any podcast platform to listen to new episodes and subscribe to Gabbing with Gabe on YouTube to watch full-length versions of our interviews. We'd also love your support with a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can follow me at Gibsonoma on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok and keep up with all things Gabbing with Gabe at Gabbing with Gabe on Instagram and TikTok. Gabbing with Gabe is an independent podcast hosted by me, Gibson Johns. It's produced by myself and Riley Dabbs. Graphics are by Rachel Roth, and our cover art photography is by Troy Hallahan. If you want to reach out about guest booking, sponsorship, or advertising opportunities, email us at gabbingwithgib at gmail.com. Thank you again for your support, and see you next time.